Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back for a Victory Friday edition of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. I'm right here alongside NFL All-Pro Safety Glover Quinn, ready to celebrate the 21-20 to victory from the Detroit Lions. Glover, how are you feeling after that victory? Man, I'm feeling really, really good. Really good. It's just such a nice feeling. It's just such a nice feeling to start the season, not only start 1-0, and but to do it against the Kansas City Chiefs, but to do it against the reigning Super Bowl champions. And some people say that this deserves an asterisk next to it because no Kelsey, no Chris Jones. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? Hey, man, you show up and you play the game. We we can't control who shows up and play. You don't put an asterisk about anything because if if the Kansas City Chiefs would have beat the Lions, they would have been roasting the Lions for losing to a Kansas City team without Chris Jones, without, Pat, without Travis Kelsey, and they would have been roasting those guys. And so when you go and you beat uh, Patrick Mahomes in his house, we don't want to hear – you know, why they didn't have Chris Jones, they didn't have Travis Kelsey. Hey, that's a part of the game. That's just a part of it. So you can't put an asterisk beside it. You can't discredit it. The Lions went on the road. They went into Arrowhead Stadium, and they walked out of there with a win. And if the roles were reversed, say Jared Goff wasn't playing, you know the Chiefs would still count it. There would be no asterisk because it's the Chiefs. It's the right. Chiefs. They're the NFL's chosen team at this point. But the Lions made sure to put a damper on their return, a damper on the banner hanging uh, ceremony for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell's thoughts on this where he didn't actually learn anything last night, just confirmed what he already knew. Kind of sounds like standard coach speak, but it's just nice to be on this side of that coach speak. Right. I mean, you know, sometimes you have a situation where, you know, your your coach learns some things from the game because maybe you did things that he didn't know for sure how you would execute or he didn't know if certain guys would show up and be ready to go and play and then sometimes you know you have those situations where you're like hey I've seen this in practice I've seen how we work I've seen you know the guys that we have and the way we go about our business and we came in here expecting to win and so I didn't learn anything new about my team. They just verified or confirmed what I already had thought. And that's what you have when you, you know, you have good teams. And so those guys have been working. Obviously, I've I've complained about not seeing them in the preseason. Hey, man, he's the coach. He see them every day. He he felt like they didn't need it in the preseason. Their offense came out clicking last night. They look fresh. They look ready to go. So, hey, who am I? Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember, to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts.
And I was thinking the exact same thing. They had that first drive. They go three and out, and I could hear your voice. Oh, you know, they didn't play their starters in the preseason. They didn't have any snaps whatsoever for Jared Goff, the offensive line. And then it looked like it was going to be more of the same on the second drive until the balls to call a fake punt in your own end zone. I couldn't believe it, and I'm so happy they did it. Yeah, I mean that was that was ballsy, and that's that's kind of the thing about Dan Campbell. And you know, like I said, if you're gonna do stuff like that, timing is everything. Doing it in week one, perfect timing. Why? Because you got 16 other weeks to make up for it, right? Doing it in the first quarter of the game, the first why? Because hey, you know what? We don't feel like we're gonna shut the Chiefs out. So, I mean, if it don't work out and they get the ball on the 20 and they score a touchdown, that's fine. We still got the whole rest of the game to make up for it, right? So the timing of it was perfect. Um, The execution of it was perfect. Um, But things like that makes the team get behind you even more. Your defense, like, they buy in even more because – to do something like that, the defense has to have, have your back. Otherwise, the defense walks out there upset because now they're in a bad situation against Patrick Mahomes, and they're the ones that get talked about, right? Everybody has to be in on it, and everybody has to buy into it. And when you when you start saying things like that, that's a team that's all that's that's locked in. Everybody's on the same page, and everybody's just trying to get a win. And they went out and they executed that um, flawlessly, and that was a big that was a big time play because, like you said, the way the game started out, you know, I I didn't really like the first series of play calls. I loved the the first play. Right, you ran the ball and got seven yards right up the gut. I wanted to come see them come back and run it again, but they ran the ball and then it came back and they threw two passes. Right, and next thing you know, we're punting. Right, three and out. We went from second and three to fourth and three. Right, so I didn't necessarily like that part of it. And you know, I I, I would say, hey man, you run and get seven yards on first down. They're going to stop me on second down because I'm I want to establish the line of scrimmage. The power of our offense is our offensive line. We want to establish dominance. If we get seven yards on the first play, we're coming right back at you. To let you know this is going to be a long day for you guys. Right. But other than that, the offense looked pretty good, picked up right off where they left off from last year. And there were a couple times that the people I was with, we were all thinking, it's short yardage. Isn't this what the offensive line is built for of the Detroit Lions? And at times it didn't pay off when they had that turnover on downs, but at other times it did pay off and they did get back to the ground game. Was a little surprised to see them throwing screens to Marvin Jones and Josh Reynolds, though. Throwing a screen to your non-elusive aging wide receivers, that didn't really make sense to me in a crucial situation, both on third downs, too. Yeah, you know, I I mean, maybe they're just trying to catch him off guard. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, you know, Mar- I don't know if Marvin's ever been like a screen guy. No. You know, um, Josh Reynolds, he's not a screen guy. Um, but you got to do those things sometimes to open it up for Namar Ross St. Brown. You can't just throw the screen to Jameer Gibbs every time he goes out there. Although he is elusive, he is one of those guys that you want to get the ball in his hands. 
But you got to do some of those things to uh, keep him honest. You just don't expect Marvin to fumble and turn the ball over in the red zone. And I thought that right there was going to be a turning point in the game because you look at that situation, the lines are in the red zone right before the half. Marvin fumbles. Next thing you know, um, the Chiefs get the ball, right? And once the Chiefs got the ball, I felt like, and this is just me, I felt like on that possession right before the half, the line should have had two interceptions, two interceptions on that drive. Patrick Mahomes had one play where he kind of just threw it up for grabs to the tight end, and it looked like CJGJ was coming over, and he was kind of in the middle of like, all right, I'm going to make the tackle, and then the ball literally falls like right there in front of him, and you can see him on TV just like, oh, I should have intercepted the ball. And I'm just like, guys, go – Missed that one. Come right back. They throw the ball to the wide receiver. Jerry Judy comes over. I felt like he could have went and made the interception. It was a bang-bang play, but I felt like if he'd have went for the ball, I felt like he could have made that interception, but the Chiefs receiver ended up catching the ball, right? And then next play, he throws the corner out to the tight end, and now the Chiefs are scoring a touchdown. And I'm like, wow, look at this moment in the game. We go from a turnover, being able to have a potential touchdown or a score right before half, missing two interception opportunities, and giving up a touchdown to the Chiefs right before the half with them getting the ball back right after half. I thought that was going to be a big moment, but the Lions came out right after half. Ryan Branch makes an incredible play. Kadarius Tony has a drop. He's in the right place at the right time and made up for it. But I thought that was going to be a key, key, uh, a key point in the game. It really looked like that was going to be the difference maker there. Cause we talked about it before the game too, that the Lions can't turn the ball over. Cause if you turn the ball over, Patrick Mahomes is going to score. You have to make every possession count. Got real nervous at that point. And then it turns out Patrick Mahomes isn't going to score every drive. The Lions were able to fluster him at times, and Brian Branch was able to do his best Glover Quinn impersonation. Pick six looked just like you against the Los Angeles Chargers. That was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, it actually was. It was it was a really cool moment. And, you know, when I saw Brian Branch in, in training camp, you know, when I saw how he works, his personality, you know, he reminds me a lot of me. You know, just a young guy that's hungry. Obviously, he's a super talented guy, high second round draft pick. You know, I mean, he he looks like he's going to be that guy. He's a safety playing nickel. You know, I was a I was a corner playing the nickel, but I really was a safety. I just got drafted as a corner. I really was a safety. So he reminds me a lot of me and to see that play. And how it all played out and worked out for him. It was a great moment. It was a great play. It's a huge play in the game. And um, you know, it just kind of took me back a little bit, like, wow, that looked that looked familiar. So um, but shout out to him, man. Great start. I'm uh, excited to see kind of how he continues to play and continues to grow. The moment didn't look too big for him last night, and uh, that was a good thing. It was a great thing. Love to see Brian Branch performing. CJ GJ, he had the dropped pick. He had another dropped pick yeah, later two. in the game. Come on, CJ GJ, you can't drop two of them in opening night. You come off of six last year. You supposed to have two last night. 
he's got to go uh, to hand school. He's got to go to hand school. They got to go to hand school because that hurt. I don't care. I don't care. Like those are things that it's kind of like it's kind of like money when they say like you know some of these guys that are you know miss out on deals or they hold out and it's like man you can't get that money like you can't get those two but i don't care if you go and catch eight interceptions but then you should have had 10 right i don't care if you catch like you can't get those two back especially against patrick mahomes ah uh, i know he's sick right now so i feel your pain cj well i, I guess i don't really feel your pain because i would have had to make him pay <laughs> but i can empathize and know that you're hurting because that was a big time moment. That would have been a huge night for you uh, in, your, in your debut with the Detroit Lions. Although you did have a really good game anyway, that would have been the icing on the cake. So um, we expect you to make those plays, and we know you will uh, throughout the season. Oh, absolutely. It was still a great game. It just goes from a great game to a dominant elite game with two interceptions of Patrick Mahomes. But Still a great game and a pretty great, great game from Aiden Hutchinson. He was dealing with some issues with the right tackle leaving early, which the NFL has said, no, you can leave within less than a half second of the ball being snapped. They've decided that everyone complained that when he did it in the playoffs against the Chiefs for the Jaguars. Now he's doing it for the Chiefs, but Aiden Hutchinson was making him work. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson was he looked fresh and good last night. I mean, I'm pretty sure seeing Nick Bosa, you know, uh, sign that that deal a couple of days before and the potential of what is out there for edge rushers nowadays, I'm pretty sure that had him jacked up and excited. I know he got some years to go to get there, but that still is exciting to see. Like, man, I just can become a dominant end rusher. And he started the game out. He started the season out on national TV, and he was a menace last night. I mean, he he was putting pressure, you know, all game, you know. And I don't know how many sacks he actually had or things like that, but he had Patrick Mahomes filling him almost every time he dropped back to pass, you know, from uh, rushing around the edge, coming up the middle. I mean, I saw him dropping coverage one time and go and tackle the running back on the other side of the field. Like, he really played. He looked like he had he looked like a second year player that had a great first year to second year jump. He he learned a lot last year. He took it into the offseason. He came back this year as a better player and he looked that way last night. And so you know he didn't have the sack numbers, but he was very impactful last night and the sack numbers will come. Pressures create sacks. If you're constantly harassing the quarterback, eventually you're going to hit home at some point. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be hitting home on the quarterback a lot this season. And it goes back to what you said in training camp too, where you were talking about how you just see those little flashes where he's not just following the script, exactly what the coaches want you to do every single time, like a robot. He's going out and making some educated guesses, some just, Hey, I am a freak. I am going to beat you. And it doesn't have to be the traditional way. And we got to see flashes of that last night. Very exciting. Even with the Chiefs right tackle lined up as a fullback in the backfield. Was frustrating yeah. to watch that at times. Yeah, that that's that's crazy. Um, you know, like you said, he was already he was he was taken off a little early. Um, but I think with where he was aligned, 
and the head start made it look that much worse. Um, but, you know, in a situation like that, I felt like the line started to take advantage of him by putting Aiden inside a little bit and putting a, a edge rusher outside of him. So now by him being that far off the ball and getting a head start, that's shortening that edge for the guard. And Aiden Hutchinson was able to beat that guard a few times because the tackle had to drop and take on the 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 edge rusher or the linebacker or whoever they had coming off the edge. So the line start to actually use that to their to benefit, you know. I, I don't like I don't like, you know, and you know, they and they've been talking about all these things with the NFL and everybody has their opinions. I played in it for 10 years and I and I don't have a negative opinion on the NFL when it comes to referees and scripting and all that stuff. Um, but referees and people are human, right? So I don't like this is just me, and I know this may not be popular with the the Lions fans. I don't like how you allow him to do that all game and then call a penalty on the last drive. If you allow him to do it all game, then you just chalked it up. You should have called a penalty in the first quarter. Like, you know what I'm saying? You let him do it all game, then you call a penalty of 4th and 20 <laughs> to make it 4th and 25. Like, that, those are things that happen that make people say, wow, right? It was already 4th and 20. You, now you want to call the penalty and make it 4th and 25 when he's been doing this all game? You've been doing it all game. Was it that bad on that play for you to call it? Really? So that's my only thing. But I thought it was an overall good game. It's a good game by everybody. I compare it to when – defensive backs they're grabby they're handsy but sometimes that's just the game and sometimes they let them get away with it until a crucial moment and then you throw the flag those are the kind of things when that bother me i'm okay letting the players play it was annoying it was frustrating to see him lined up back there and jumping early but hey if you're gonna let the players play then the lions better get the same courtesy and it all ended up okay but i completely understand where you're coming from there one final thing on this pass rush against patrick mahomes in the first half, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense went 5 of 7 on third down. In the second half, they went 0 for 7 on third down. And that is just the story of the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at that, I think, you know, Tony had probably three drops on third down in the second half. You know, so that's big. But the, you got to get the Lions credit. You know, I'm, I'm a defensive guy, so you got to get the Lions credit. Right. They they had good pressure. They had good coverage because Patrick Mahomes had to scramble around a lot last night trying to buy more time. So the Lions had good coverage. You know what I'm saying? Are they going to say he missed Travis Kelsey? Obviously, you know, he's an all pro tight end. But that's a part of the game. That's a part of the game. Right. He wasn't out there next man up and the Lions were able to cover the guys that they had. And, you know, and we felt like that receiving core for the Chiefs was not very strong. You know, Scott Moore, he didn't have any impact plays last night. You know, Scantling, he didn't do much. You know, obviously we know the night that Tony had. So, you know, the receivers, the Lions, the Lions secondary won the battle last night. It is what it is. Nobody cares if they're a top-notch wide receiver core or bottom. It doesn't matter. They showed up to play last night, and the Lions won. Point blank, period. Yeah, it doesn't matter if Kadarius Tony had a bunch of drops. Sky Moore had a bunch of drops as well. That's not going to reflect 
in the score score sheet. No one remembers. Well, people do remember those drops, but that's not what gets brought up. The Lions right. won the game. The secondary won the battle. They harassed Patrick Mahomes, and the offense did enough to keep them in the game as well. Wasn't the dominant showing we kind of hoped without Chris Jones. They were good on the ground, 74 yards from David Montgomery, but he only averaged three and a half yards a carry, which is fine, but... I would have liked to see a lot more Jameer Gibbs. He was averaging over six yards a carry, only had nine touches for 60 yards. The guy is electric. Do you think it's just a case of, hey, rookie, primetime game, let's ease him in? No, I don't think it's just he's a rookie, primetime game, let's ease him in. But I think it's just, hey, he's it's week one, and this is how the game is going. You know, I think the Lions felt pretty good the whole entire time. Um Use him. I mean, I felt like they used him pretty good. You know, yeah. I, I I would say he probably should get at least ten touches, but nine touches, sixty yards. That's 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 good for an opening day because I felt like the running game with Montgomery was effective. You know, it's all about being effective, and when you can run the ball on first down, when you can run the ball inside the red zone, when you can run the ball in the fourth quarter. That's that's what truly matters, you know, whether it's for 80 yards or if it's for 180 yards, you know, who cares if you rush for 200 yards, but you couldn't run it in the fourth quarter when it matters. Right. So to be able to keep the game close. Right. That's that's the beauty of it. Defensively and offensively, being able to keep the game close to where you didn't never have to abandon the run game. Right. And that's what the Lions were balanced last night. But when you look at the Chiefs, they're all Patrick Mahomes. They're all Patrick Mahomes, right? They He was the lead passer and rusher last night. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know if Claude Edwards-Hilaire had six carries. And I could be wrong. But it don't. I didn't feel an impact from their running game. You know, they tried to get Pacheco going. Um, he wasn't effective. You know, so the running game in Kansas City was not there, and they put a bunch of pressure on Mahomes to be that guy, and his guys didn't make plays for him last night. And it's going to be a long season for those guys if that's how they're going to continue to to do it. Yeah, they would get Travis Kelsey back, but if you don't have any type of running game, it's still going to be difficult. Yeah, it's still going to be a lot of superhero football from Patrick Mahomes, whereas Jared Goff... It's beautiful because he can hand it off to David Montgomery. He can hand it off to Jameer Gibbs. He can run the play action passes off of that. And then Amon Ross St. Brown is open underneath. We also saw the tight end, Sam Laporta. It's a fine stat line, five receptions for 39 yards. But you look back at the history of rookie tight ends. Last year, out of all the rookie tight ends, they had two receptions in week one. Sam Laporta has five by himself. So I'm not going to crown the kid yet, but it's just a nice little showing to see. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw this last year when the Lions traded uh, TJ Hawkinson, right? We was like, okay, hey, they just got rid of a premier, now the highest paid tight end in the game, right? Uh, They got rid of him. The tight end was not a focal point in their offense, but he is critical in certain situations, right? He's not a guy, they're not going to look at him like a Travis Kelsey. But when you sleep on them, 
they're going to make a, a big play. They're going to make a big third down play. They're going to make a big, you know what I'm saying? And that's how the Lions used the tight end last night. They, they There wasn't anybody that was game planning for the tight end. But you get a mismatch, boom, you get a little in route. Tight end makes a big third, I mean, makes a big catch. 12 yards, first down, keep the chains moving, right? He comes through. He has a few catches, like you said, five catches. That's that's all they need, somebody that can make those catches, keep the chains moving, and just open up more space and more eyes for Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs as they get going, you know, Marvin Jones, all those guys. It just opens up more things. And so I think I think they're doing a good job in how they're utilizing the tight ends. And the rookie tight end for them, that's perfect for them. You know, he's a rookie, so he's on a rookie deal. He's going to be there for a while. They groom him and have him ready to go. So that that's that's a good that's a good player and a good role for that for that kid. It was just a good game, a good solid football game from the Detroit Lions as a team, from so many individual players. Amon Ross St. Brown going for seventy one yards and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds stepping up in some big moments, and the offensive line had a pretty damn good game as well. I am just thrilled about the Detroit Lions right now. Winning week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. That is absolutely massive. Now, we've got 10 days off. And we haven't really talked about this because the Lions don't really play a lot of Thursday night games. At least, I don't remember them playing a lot of Thursday night games for the last couple years. What would you say? 10 days off. Is that an advantage? Is it a disadvantage? What do you think about the mini buy from Thursday night football that we're going to have? Well, I wouldn't call it a mini buy at this point in the season. I think they're just gonna they're they're just gonna get what everybody else got last week, right? So generally, um last weekend is like the off weekend in the NFL. Training camp is over. So and and I don't know if this is how they try to do it. Um, but obviously it's opening weekend of college football. So you see a lot of players are back at their schools or at those games because that's kind of like your off weekend in the NFL, right? Especially if you're if you're not playing opening day. Well, the Lions were playing opening day, so they were actually working last weekend. So they didn't have last weekend off. So I wouldn't be surprised if they come in today, you know, check out the film. They played last night. They come in today, work out, check out the film. You know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't be surprised if by 1 o'clock they're out of there today and they get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and they come back Monday ready to practice, right? Because most of the teams are going to play on Sunday, right? And then Monday is going to be their film review day. Well, the Lions will have an actual practice probably on Monday because they film review today. They'll take the weekend off to get that break, and then they'll come back Monday and get an extra day in on um whoever they're playing in week two i don't even know who they're playing it's the seattle seattle which is gonna be a it's it's the perfect game coming off this chiefs win because of what happened last year the 48 45 loss i think seattle in week two right before we get to that though film review today what would you be looking for in the film review of that game or have we pretty much just gone over most of it well i think you know when you win, you want to be more critical because you won, right? So it's week one. You know, Dan Campbell's already said in some of the clips that I've seen on social media 
that they got a lot of things to clean up, right? And that's football, right? You When you plan a game, you're not going to do everything perfect, right? You're just trying to do enough pl- things right to win the game, right? And when you win, it feels great. But you also have to be able to look and say, hey, we won that game, but there's a lot of things that we didn't do well. And they'll go back and look at that. They'll look at some of the opportunities that they missed out on uh, defensively. They'll go back and look at the fumble and, you know, that happened. They'll go back and look at the miscommunication that happened on the snap, like things that could potentially hurt you that they were able to overcome last night. But you want to clean those things up early so that they don't continue to happen. And it's a lot easier to clean those things up, talk about those things after a win. Because obviously, if you lose, those things loom big because that's why you probably lost the game. So they were able to overcome them, but that doesn't mean that they don't need to be cleaned up and worked on and fixed. So they'll get all that stuff done today. Uh, CJ, GJ will probably get on the jugs or get some kind of ball, you know, catch a few balls today. Um, I might call and request that because we need those interceptions. But uh, other than that, it'll be a good day. It'll be a fun day in there for them. It's a Friday, uh, fall day in in Detroit. The weather's probably nice out there. Um, they'll get out there having some good energy. They probably got back late last night. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if by 2 or 3 o'clock they're out of there for the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be back Sunday night for uh, practice Monday morning. Love it. Absolutely love it. It is a well-earned weekend off and then a hard week of study against the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be a big week of practice because of what happened last year. 48-45, Lions score 22 points in the fourth quarter to make it a game, but they just couldn't stop them last year at all. So what are your thoughts heading into this Seattle Seahawks matchup? Well, I think the Lions are going to they're going to get them this, this time. I, I think the lines, you know, defensively, they are better. Um, offensively, I think they're better. Uh, we haven't seen what Seattle's going to do. So we'll get to see what everybody's going to do on Sunday, right? But I just think from the lines, the way they finished the season last year, um, the way they started the season this year, I think the lines will be ready to go. And I think they'll come out and beat um, Seattle, put pressure on Geno. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't want to give a score prediction yet. I want to see what Seattle looks like, but I think the Lions will be ready to go and get the dub. Absolutely. I think coming off the haunting loss of last year and then what they managed to do at the end of last season, what they managed to do against the Green Bay Packers in the go home game for Green Bay and what they managed to do last night with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this is a smash spot for the Detroit Lions. It's going to be a close game, a lot of high energy, but I think this time the Lions are going to come down with it, beat the Seattle Seahawks, and I cannot wait for it to happen. Glover, any final thoughts, any parting words, anything you want to say to all the fans out there as we celebrate this week one victory over the Super Bowl champions. I mean, you know, it was a great, great night for the Detroit Lions. Great night for the NFL. I was talking to my boys last night watching the game, and I was just like, hey, guys, this is like a uh, national holiday. It's a great day in America. It's uh, opening day of NFL football. We have football, college football, NFL football long from now until February. So it's a great day in America. Everybody's excited. We've come off our summer break, 
and now it's time to get back to football. And what a great night for the Detroit Lions. It's a well-played football game. You start out with a one-point game, 21-20. That's a close game. It's enough entertainment offensively, good plays defensively. It's a good play football game. So hopefully that continues into week one with the rest of the teams. Good luck to everybody. Stay safe. And as always, man, watch some football. Watch some football. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Even better, thanks to the Lions' victory. And until we know what the Seattle Seahawks look like in week one, until we have some game film to break down, we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.